Thank you, Pastor. I am honored to be in your midst today. I want to thank Pastor and his wife, his family, the team that prepared, and uh, uh, such a, a blessing to be in a place, uh, place like this. Um, and um, we're spending some time with Pastor today and just uh, talking. And um, I just, you know, there, there are people that. You, you know you collaborate with meaning that uh, you know they're in the same um, line of work that you are in this case uh, you know men of God pastor leader and uh, you know there's things you talk about when you're in the same line of line of work you know and there are people that you connect heart to heart uh, because it's more than just work it's your passion it's your heart desire it's your heart cry it's something that um, even if you don't get a dime for it, you're still going to do it. And, and um, I, uh, I definitely see that in, in this man of God, in this pastor, your pastor. So I, I, I want to call you to honor your pastor, his family, their sacrifice that they do. Because you have a great pastor with a great heart that loves the Lord deeply. And just not satisfied to settle for status quo, but to go as far as he can in God. And, and I sensed that in just a couple hours that we were spending talking. He's like the vacuum. He's just sucking out of you every all information and knowledge and your, your experiences. And, 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 and you're like, well, I'm trying to ask him questions. But he turns it around, asks me questions back. And I always fall for those. And then uh, I start telling the stories. And, and, and then we get lost in time. And, but my point is that he's hungry for God. You are blessed to have him as your pastor. And, um, and so, yeah, put your hands together for Jesus. Thank the Lord for your pastor, for his wife, his family, their dedication. Love you, pastor. And um, I'm excited to be with you today. Uh, unlike where I come from, you guys have nice weather. I still can wear this, so <laughs> light and easy. And um, I come from Hunger Gen Church. How many of you know Hunger Gen Church, Pastor Vlad? Okay, few. All right, wonderful. How many of you uh, won't raise hands? Doesn't matter what I ask. Okay, well, thank you for being honest. Okay. Uh, anyways, I like to make light, light of things, so hope you catch it. My wife says my sarcasm is a little dry sometimes, so um, if you don't understand, I just ignore it. He's just some Slavic guy that doesn't know American culture well enough. But. Uh, I guess maybe let's start with a little bit of uh, where we where we started. Uh, as um, my family moved from former Soviet Union, uh, but at that time was already the Soviet Union fell apart from um, Ukraine, from Russia. I'm actually born in Ukraine. Moved with my family to Russia in 1990 or 1991. I can't recall. Right when Soviet Union fell, as a missionary to Russia. And so I was very young. So when I say, when Pastor said I was a missionary, you know, I um, had no choice to be with my parents to be missionaries. So my parents were missionaries and I had to come along. And uh, we spent there 10 years, a decade or so, planting churches in various cities, various places, serving the Lord. And prophetically, God spoke to my dad four times that you're going to be in the United States and because I have a work for you to do here. Now, there was no way for our family to be in the United States legally. 
and said okay well if it's the Lord's will he's gonna provide a way and exactly four years later we were in the United States there's a whole long story I'm gonna spare you the details and when we come when we came to uh, United States um, just gonna give you a brief history of how Hungry Gen Church started and uh, I think it will inspire you in your journey where you are at as a church and um, when we came to United States um, my my dad he was a lead pastor senior pastor there right now he's the overseer of the ministry um, he got offered multiple different opportunities to be a pastor in in, in uh, different churches actually one was out of California their pastor was a good friend with my dad and then when he passed uh, because he had a sickness he said if there is any pastor that I want to pastor our church it's that guy he just came to United States you get him to come and pastor a very large church um, and they offered a sweet deal come we have a house for you we have a car for you you'll be on a salary just come and pastor the church but that wasn't what God told him to do when he came to United States and so as difficult as it was he said no thank you so much appreciate that you honor guys this much but the Lord has me here with my family and we started the church it was uh, just a couple dozen of us at that time I was but 13 14 and the rest of were cousins and they were younger than us and that's kind of was the church at that moment and we continued to pray for revival Lord send revival we want revival Lord that clip that was playing before worship yeah that's the kind of prayers it's the kind of clips we we're listening you know and like Lord give us revival or give us death you know some of these revivalist prayers are like radical you know we'd have prayers and for 10 years there was nothing we've passed out over 10 years over 50,000 flyers um, and, and and different kinds of things we're inviting people and come on you know get saved and then out of all that effort all these years I remember this one guy came to church he sat like in the back corner there with the newspaper was reading newspaper once in a while he glanced up and about halfway through the service left and, and we were like all bummed out but we were hungry for revival we were seeking the Lord for us said, Lord we know this is your will to save people we know this is your will to to send revival here on earth Lord we don't we, we we want to see what you've promised in the last days in the book of Acts through prophet Joel and um, and it was in 2008 or so we got our first non-slavic American dude came he was this rough looking dude from school he was sitting in the front row there was little just one row <laughs> that's all there was it was but maybe no actually there was two rows so there was about a dozen of us there and um and he was just listening as pastor Vlad was preaching passionately and just straight face no no emotions and of course gave an altar call anybody wants to give their life to Jesus and honestly we're not expecting he raises his hand we're like what seriously and he gets saved God just wrecks him um, he just breaks down crying and it's not it was that it wasn't just just tears emotional it was deep repentance work that the Holy Spirit in his heart he was a, kind of a popular kid in the school and then he goes next uh, next uh, it was youth service next youth service on Thursday he brings another friend of his also gets saved and he brings another friend he like brings like 60 70 people to the Lord just within like a year or so just him by himself 
So we're experiencing revival in the youth group. We went from like 12 kids after 10 years of prayer and fasting, evangelism, nothing going in like short span of time till a lot of kids getting saved. And, um, and in 2008, 2009, this kind of first wave of revival broke, uh, broke out. And uh, then kind of things, we went through another kind of shaking, shaping. And in about 2016 or so, the Lord brought another wave of revival. And it's been going on since. We haven't had a service. We haven't had a Sunday service where we did not have salvation. Somebody coming to the Lord. Somebody brand new coming to the Lord ever since. And today we see a great move of God. God is doing great things. And we're just so thankful. And um, it's not because we're special. And it's not because um, we did something to deserve it or to 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 it was it was the grace of God he prepared us for it he aligned things and when the time came the Lord opened the door opened the womb of our church and we begin to see salvations and um, and so I want to encourage you with this story that as long as you pursue God and as long as you are aligning with God God's interest and what is God's interest is to see people saved and see people discipled and raised for him and as long as we're passionate for the Lord and we're doing what he called us to do he'll back his word and he will bring salvation he will bring revival he will fill the hungry hearts those who are thirsty for him they will they shall be filled that's his promise and that's part of the reason why we're called hungry generation sometimes people ask you like what are you guys hungry for like physical stuff like yeah we do like to eat some we, we like to eat a lot actually but it's not just the physical hunger that we're hungry we we um that's how our church started just being hungry for the lord lord do something lord do a revival in our midst use us to see your kingdom come use us to see salvation of souls and today we're seeing that we're grateful god has given us a, a global impact um through social media and uh, and locally we're just uh we, we can't keep up with what the lord is doing right now i was showing pastor before the before the service kind of just last six seven eight months what god is doing with the youth and it's just uh it's just tremendous maybe tomorrow or on sunday we'll, we'll show that short clip figures to be inspired to know that this is your portion too it belongs to you it belongs to your city and you will have it in jesus name amen 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 uh you can sit on your seat but don't sit on your mouth okay you know um say amen preach it white boy i don't know say something so uh i don't feel like i'm i'm, I'm talking to the pews um and so um as we were worshiping i had something else in mind to to do to start with to start this conference but the lord put something uh, different on my heart that I want to share with you that I think will give us a good start for this weekend and we'll get you other things that I feel like the Lord wants to do in your midst um, tomorrow and then the day after tomorrow is that okay with you guys put your hand on your heart say Lord Jesus open my heart to your word Lord Jesus open my heart to your faith Lord Jesus, open my heart to your spirit. Speak to me, O Lord. Change me, O Lord. 
reveal yourself to me that I may know you more in Jesus name Amen today I want to talk to you about cultivating intimacy with God you know revival revival and, and, and fire you know it starts there and this is not really going to be a, a sermon it's more going to be a, a message and the difference between a sermon and a message sermon has some you know it, it's prepared it has some practical points and has some has some you know things that you follow uh, message is something that a, a, a preacher just carries that's his life that's what it is and he doesn't need notes to preach on it he can preach on it for on days it's part of who he is and it's part of his heart and um, this is something that has been um, my journey with the Lord and it's it's really a, a, a message that I want to share to you with that it will become your resolve in life to know God intimately uh, to know God intimately and to cultivate intimate knowledge with uh in intimate relationship with God now I always like to give very practical things in my message it will have practical things but I want you to listen to the heart and to 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 the to the content of this uh, of this message so that it will drop deep in your spirit and that you will start on this journey of pursuit of closeness with God or you go deeper in your understanding with God because God is a well without the bottom you can go as deep in him as you wish to go anytime you reach a point in your life that you feel like you have gotten to know God you're mistaken deeply if you have reached a point in your life say I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a mature Christian and I have gotten to the place that I've got God figure out even a little bit you're deeply mistaken deeply mistaken it's like trying to drink up an ocean but more than that God is that is infinite and 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 it's going to be our life pursuit in our eternal life pursuit to know him and so let's start here and now friends amen write this down I believe in writing you know they say note takers history makers short pencil is better than a long memory I think that's how it goes but um, we don't have pencils now it's iPads and iPhones so just type it in somewhere um, you can't worship God beyond beyond your understanding of him think about this you can't worship God beyond your understanding or, or knowledge of him your worship will be as deep as your knowledge of him if you know God a as a provider you'll be able to worship him as one if you know God as healer you will be able to worship him as one but if you've never experienced God as a provider it'll be very difficult to you worship him genuinely with deep understanding if you've never faced lack and he came through if you never sick in your body or you were not on deathbed 
and you did not experience him as Jehovah Rapha, your healer, your worship him as a Jehovah Rapha will be very, very shallow, very, very, not very deep. So your worship, you can't worship God beyond your understanding. So if you want to have a deeper worship with God, you have to get deeper knowledge of God. Are you with me? You have to grow in your knowledge with God. We were, we touched a little bit with, with, with pastor today as we were talking today about um, uh, Philippines chapter 3 verses 8. Apostle Paul says this, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake I have this discarded everything else counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ this is a man who they say has about equal um, has about equally to equal to about eight doctoral degrees this man he knows theology he knows Torah he knows uh, world's religions he knows spirituality I mean this man was taken to a third heaven he knows the spiritual secrets that we would wish to probably know and this man summarizes his life by saying that everything that I have attained up to this point I count it as garbage if I compare it to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and Apostle Paul he was always in pursuit of knowing God and in, in Philippians 3.10 he says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death knowing God, knowing Jesus. That should be our goal, that should be our pursuit. That, that's what sustains revival. That what's, that this is what sustains the fire for God. Many people grow bored with God or they get bored with God. But it's not that God is boring. It's just they stop discovering Him they stopped pursuit of knowledge of God. If they would have continued and they would have pressed through, pressed beyond what they know about God. Lord, reveal yourself in a new way to me. Being hungry to know God, they would never get bored with God. They would never get complacent with God. In John 17 3 Jesus is praying for us and I believe that prayer is still being echoed in eternity today for you and I as his followers as his disciples he says now this is eternal life that they know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent but this is eternal life that they know you the only true God and Jesus Christ 
God wants to reveal himself to you he wants to show his different sides to you he wants to reveal his goodness to you he wants to reveal his grace to you he wants to reveal his attributes to you he wants to reveal his character to you but do you desire that do you pursue that see God God is a gentleman he doesn't force anybody to go after him he doesn't force himself on us so it's it's a it's a it's a two-way relationship it's a it's a it's kind of a, a pursuit game where we pursue him he also Bible says pursues us as well but it's a we must initiate the process and desire a hunger of knowing God otherwise we'll will we will not go beyond a certain level where we're at you know God says taste and see Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good taste and see that the Lord is good try me discover me discover new aspect of me new attribute of me new characteristics of me and see that it is good that I am good but he invites us to go after him he's inviting you and me to make time in the day to spend time with him to take a break in the middle of the day and to focus our attention on him for at least a few minutes to acknowledge his presence where we at when we're making decisions in life whether it's big or small especially big to Bible says acknowledge your ways uh, uh, acknowledge acknowledge the Lord in your ways just to be mindful of him no the fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God it's being conscious of him that he's there right there in the moment with you and so God is calling us in this pursuit Apostle Paul, Apostle uh, Peter in 2nd Peter ch chapter 3 verse 18 says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. But grow in the grace and knowledge. I want to ask you today, have you stopped your pursuit of the knowledge of God? Where are you at in your discovery of God some years ago I think it's going on four years now yeah we're coming up on four when the Lord began to kind of call me and begin to go on a deeper pursuit with the Lord um, I felt like Holy Spirit put on my heart to instead of just usually what I do my day, uh, kind of daily reading is I would go through a Bible in a year or I'll just read the Bible and um, I read the Bible by that you know by by this time many times through uh, dozens of times New Testament uh, and, uh, and and as usually I have this kind of a schedule or what do you call it a uh, Bible reading plan 
and three chapters three to four chapters a day so I get through the Bible in a year and I felt like Holy Spirit challenged me he said I want you to go to the four book of Gospels and I just want you to study Jesus just get to know your Lord and Savior how he thinks how he moves how he does things like who he was who he is now and it's been the beginning in the beginning of this year I thought okay I want to move on and do read something else and the Holy Spirit no just linger a little bit longer and it's been I've been last four years just in these four books of gospel I've added this year book of Acts and I've just been reading and seeking out Jesus in the gospels and I would sit there and meditate and envision what he was doing how he would be doing and I wouldn't just read the stories because I grew up in it as you as you heard introduction like I, I I've, I've grew up I was sleeping in the pews you know I've been brought to church against my will okay for many years of my life okay and then my you know my parents would go and minister to people as like half of my life was just on church pews and so I know the bible stories in and out like I said by the time I was um by the, by the time and I don't want to say something that's not true here but by the time I was 20 I think I read bible like at least six or seven times through in the new testament at least a dozen times and I know the scriptures it also kind of helped me that it was the time when we got into the United States didn't have many friends couldn't speak much much English uh, much English so just cousins and the church and the scriptures and so I thank God for that moment but knowing about God is not the same as knowing God knowing the stories from the scriptures even knowing the miracles that Jesus did it's not the same thing as God knowing God intimately how do I know it's not the same is because when we face a situation we don't act the way Jesus acts that means that we didn't truly get a revelation in that particular way in that particular instance who Jesus is how he is because if we would we would be transformed into his image we would be more like him I'm not saying that we would be perfect but our mindsets our behaviors everything about us would be different and so as I begin to I start as I, I started the journey and I just would sometimes just would read three four five six verses a story and and I would Holy Spirit would just pause me and said don't don't rush take your time and and meditate on it get to know Jesus and like I said by this time I've, I've read New Testament dozens of times and God's just begin to reveal Jesus in a whole new way for me how he did how he ministered how he talked how he thought and it began to change my life begin to change my approach I begin to see things differently then I begin to act and act differently in certain areas especially in the area of ministry as I was talking with a pastor today this was my pursuit and I said Lord you know this is 
a little bit before that this is where I kind of surrendered say Lord I, I say yes to the call um, I'm going to do what you want me to do it but I want to do ministry the way Jesus did it I don't want my ministry to be different than how Jesus did it and this was a desire deep in my heart I, I didn't it was a desire that's planted by God in my heart but I didn't quite know how to get to that place and then some years passed as the Lord began, okay, I want to teach you now. I want you to go. I want you to know Jesus because as you know Him, you're going to be acting Him out. You're going to be doing as Jesus did. That's why what it means to do things in Jesus' name, doing it as Jesus would do it. You are a legal representative of Jesus. You speak on His on behalf of His name. You're doing it as if He was doing it. But unless you know how he would do it, you you come, you know, you pray for somebody like I don't know, maybe he, maybe it's the will of God to be for them to be healed. Maybe it's not. Maybe God is trying to teach him a lesson, and you're doubtful on outside. You, especially you know, as, me as a minister, people come. You have to pray, right? Well, you're not gonna say no. I'm not gonna pray because I don't have faith today, right? So you still pray for them. But you're like, no, I, I honestly I don't believe that you're going to be healed. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you, okay? I'm, with my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pray for you. But in, in, in the heart, there's just no confidence. And faith is that confidence. And, but when you learn who He is, when you pursue the knowledge of Jesus, you begin to act it out because yeah Jesus would do this in this situation and I know if Jesus was standing here and he would pray for you that sickness we Jesus would have the sickness healed so I am standing here in his shoes because he told me and then whole different perspective approach boldness comes because you know him I have so much more to go so much more to learn so much more to put into practice but that's what it means to know Christ um I remember I was talking with my with my dad with my biological dad and he just kind of sometimes he has these things he'd be talking talking and he just kind of drop like this this thing and that will just explode your mind he just walks away and uh, he said something that first I didn't agree with him he says it is better to know the mind of Christ than to hear his voice I'm like no no I mean we need to hear God and as I begin to plunder and think and as I begin to think in my relationship with my dad as I was growing up because my parents couldn't speak English and I was kind of picked up English faster um, I had to make a lot of decisions on behalf of my dad legal documents and all kinds of stuff sign things for him make decisions for him um, because he can't read documents anyways right and so I was like what's the point of me translating to him sitting there because I know he's what's gonna say just sign it <laughs> and and then I'll have to sign it right and so maybe it was not necessarily a good thing putting a 15 16 year old pressure like that to 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 but that's the situation that I was in and so 
there's things that I didn't have to go to my dad to ask him what he thought about it because I knew his mind and he'd be like why are you asking me just do it now there were things that I, I'd be like hey dad there's this or this what do you think like first of all he's just more experience more knowledge you know a lot more things and I would come and 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 I would have to consult with him you know but also I didn't just consult with him for this thing I, I had a relationship with him and so as I begin to contemplate you know Bible says that we have the mind of Christ right and as I begin to uh, contemplate on this and I was like there's you know I didn't agree at first but I think there's a measure of truth in it that knowing him intimately gives us this confidence of acting on his behalf without a doubt knowing that is his will to do this and this knowing that this is what he wants me to do knowing and then on top of that we have the voice of the Holy Spirit that's inside of us who speaks to us but he also confirms the word but that's what the Holy Spirit said he, uh, Jesus said about Holy Spirit he will remind you of what I said and so then you kind of have this double confirmation you know the mind of Christ and then Holy Spirit witnesses to you about that yes you are thinking correctly you are the son and the daughter of God this is your portion go ahead and do that are you with me knowing God knowing God how do we know God how do we know God first and foremost um, write this down is the Word of God it's the Word of God I'm not, I'm not gonna if you're expecting some deep heavy heavy you know, it's gonna be very basic like I said it's a message it's not a sermon we have to get back into the Word of God the Word of God has to become our bread daily bread this is something that we have to find enjoyment in something where we find comfort in something that it's not only just a Bible reading plan for check mark because I'm in an accountability group and in a life group and a leader will ask on Wednesday night or Thursday night how many of you have been consistent with reading your Bible raise your hand and I don't want to look stupid that's a rhetorical question thank you for letting me know <laughs> and I I lift my hand and so not that type of knowledge you know it goes beyond that but reading the scripture reading the word to find God in it to find new attribute of God to find the uniqueness of God to acquire of how he would be in this type of situation and to get to know him intimately through the word now it might start as a discipline but you can't just be disciplined it has to lead to a delight the reading of the scripture like uh psalmist says you know it's 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 honey it's sweet it's it's pleasant it has to become something that you find life something that rejuvenates you something that excites you now it, it's okay if it starts as a bible reading plan as a matter of fact I encourage to read at least Bible through from from beginning to the end uh, once a year but in that Bible reading or on top of that there's this 
pursuit of knowing God through the scriptures because this is a true because in the scriptures you see the the um, Bible says it's a true prophecy right the truest prophecy this is where God has hid himself for us to discover him this is where we can really know who God is so the Word of God has to become that place where we find rest enjoyment delight and that we don't just read the scriptures for the sake of reading it but we read it to find Jesus in it we read to find God in it and your Bible when you do that you will find delight in it you will find excitement in it because every time you read even the same scripture it will open up to you in a different way and your relationship with God your intimacy with God is will always be fresh it will never be boring and never be dull you begin to discover patterns of God you begin to discover different ways God moves you begin to discover different characteristics and different things and, and it will fascinate you literally for eternity because he's just that deep that wide and that big and he's hidden his word now the second the second way we grow in the knowledge of God is by the Holy Spirit the Bible says that the, the job of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus to us so Holy Spirit will take the scripture and he is the one that breathes the scripture alive he is the one that brings understanding of the scripture he takes logos and makes it a rhema he takes uh, just letters on a page and draws a picture of Jesus in front of our eyes and in John 15 26 says when the advocate comes who I will send to you from the Father the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father he will testify of me Holy Spirit's job Holy Spirit never attracts attention to himself now he is God he's part of the Godhead but Holy Spirit's job here on earth is to always point to Jesus to bring a revelation of Jesus to help you worship Jesus to help you exalt him to shine a different light on Jesus that you've never seen before and it's the job of the Holy Spirit so that's why even before you go into reading a scripture in your prayer time your prayer should be Holy Spirit reveal Jesus to me when you pick up a Bible and start reading first you intentionally focus yourself instead of just reading the Bible get into the Bible reading plan you're you're already focusing right from the beginning how can I discover something new about God today I'm gonna search out the scripture for Jesus and you ask Holy Spirit reveal him to me and in that combination is trust me it's powerful and um, 
The third thing that I find uh, in in the scriptures, what reveals God to us, and that might be different than you're used to hearing, but nature reveals God to us. And um, Psalm 19, 1 says this, there's many scriptures. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. So when you observe nature, you can see the works of God. The works, they reveal the worker. The creation reveals the creator. So that's why I believe and I started practicing that regularly to from time to time taking a moment to go out and, and, and be in the nature with God. Especially uh, in the, by the rivers, by the mountains, somewhere in a beautiful pleasant place where I just sit and observe what God has created and let that testify to me about the greatness of God. Let that reveal God's goodness to me, His power and majesty. I remember um, just, just, um, well actually it's, it's been a while now. Time flies. But it was during the summer camp. Uh, yeah, it was the summer camp. Um, we went, my wife was ministering there for, uh, with the youth um, and uh, they're doing their all crazy things that the youth does and uh, I'm just uh, I get exhausted by just watching them being exhausted and so maybe I'm just getting too old I don't know and so I was like you know what we're in this beautiful mountain place by the lake I'm just gonna go for a walk and just just gonna meditate on God and just focus my attention observing we were in this beautiful mountain place uh, northwest is a is very beautiful place and by the river and I had probably one of the most craziest encounters with the Lord and it started with this as I was walking by just looking there was a beautiful sunset Holy Spirit brought the scripture to me out of nowhere I know it was Holy Spirit because that's what the job of the Holy Spirit is when you take the word he brings it to your remembrance and and he said he showed me he started bringing scriptures from New Testament when Jesus looked up to heavens and it this this phrase looked up to heavens I'm like why would Jesus look up to heavens and, and, and Holy Spirit just said, just, just look up to heavens and, and, and uh, see God. And as I was just, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. It's weird. Never done it before. And as I begin to just gaze into heavens, these beautiful clouds, beautiful sunset, I just begin to encounter God in such a deep way. I experienced this, such a vivid vision of Jesus in heaven. It's hard to describe how he was entering the throne room, his robe just his his glory I was just full of tears and I couldn't contain myself I the 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 presence of God that overshadowed me I have not experienced things like that in in in, in a while but just being out in the nature Holy Spirit bring out this these these nuggets that's what I'm talking about reading so you know Jesus and um just this wonderful beautiful encounter with with the Lord and um, after the walk came back my wife uh, get, got there when my wife was when my wife uh, started speaking ministering and then just just carrying the atmosphere these students this 
bunch of crazy young students, 250 of them, just doing their wild thing during their worship. And then we begin to time for the ministry. And just the presence of the Lord came to that camp so strongly. There's kids that were healed from asthma. Kids threw away their, 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 their vaping devices, their, their all kinds of stuff. Just people repenting. We were not even praying for deliverance, for freedom. People getting delivered everywhere. The reality of Jesus came into the room. Knowing the Lord. I discovered that nature is a, is, is, is a good place to connect with God. Because you are around His creation. Romans 1 to 20 says this. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature has been clearly seen since the creation of the world God's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature has been clearly seen in the nature in the creation of God being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse well Apostle Paul says when you look at the nature you have no excuse not to believe God you have no excuse not to experience his divine nature you have no excuse not to see His power. When you look at the magnificence and beauty of God and when you begin to contemplate how the world was created, how things work because they just work, because God set it in motion. How beautiful the sunset. How the sun comes up every morning and sets down every night and it's been doing that for thousands of years how rivers run and there's a wildlife and all this stuff everything is being sustained everything keeps perfect balance and God is in charge of all of it Bible says that he even cares for the lilies then not and then you begin to plunder on his greatness and goodness and his vastness that then you begin to realize like Jesus said that even the hair on your head doesn't go gray or fall off without his knowledge and the new facet of God begins to be revealed to you I encourage you my friends to dedicate some time on occasions to spend time in the nature with the Lord. Maybe go out. Um, I try to practice at least once in a quarter where I just take a couple of days and I just go take my journal, my Bible, go for a couple of days just to spend with the Lord. Um, it's not intercessory prayer. It's not, Lord, give me revival. It's more just, Lord, I just want to know you. I want to come back from this thing refreshed in the knowledge of you and I've, I've just been experiencing amazing amazing things um, amazing things with the Lord in his presence um, and then he begins to point these things out he begins to deal with you on certain things he begins to deal with some of your insecurities and doubts and unbeliefs uh, these things take time not time not necessarily that God needs time because he can't do it it's because we're just get so busy cut up closed in we, we we grow heart shell around our heart and God is knocking but we're not just hearing him we're not answering and then we have a time just between us and him and he begins to peel layer by layer and then he begins to get to certain things and he begins to deal and uh, then at first sometimes it hurts 
you're surrendering then things certain things that you feel like you've not been validated you've been overlooked pastor didn't say hi i didn't get noticed for things that i did at church now god begins to deal with your motives and says is this for you for pastor or, and for others to see or is this for me and then you're oh i'm sorry lord yes it is for you you surrender that frustration you surrender that insecurity you get refreshed we feel he fills you with his glory you come back you're a better husband you get a wife you're a better father you're a better server uh, uh um, what do you call it? Um, a volunteer in the church you know you're not going around seeking for attention like like this uh, little puppy you know scratch my head please type of a thing you know please notice me what i do here and so and and you just the lord does this wonderful work in you and you get to know more of him are you with me um the other the fourth thing that um helps us to grow in the knowledge of god is our experience and it can be our experience or it can be other people's experience what i mean is that uh, when we hear that's uh that's why i believe it's important to hear testimonies constantly to always hear testimonies because testimonies reveal an asset uh, aspect of god that we might not experienced it ourselves and we might see him in a different light um, or through our personal experience like I said uh, in the beginning is that you, you can um, you can worship God to the level of your knowledge of him and so our experience helps us to get to know God in a very intimate way um, you know life is life when we go through different things and sometimes things happen and when these things happen it's an opportunity for God to reveal himself in that situation maybe you went through a breakup and you're hurting and you're sad and you think like that's it no more future for me he comes there and he comforts you and he overshadows you with his glory with his love he, he he's there when there's nobody there and then he reveals himself as that God who's there for you who's your friend maybe you got sickness in your body he comes and heals you you know him as your healer when there is maybe a problem in in, in your life and you need a you need a um, you know guidance on what to do what what to how to do it and then he just gives you this divine idea you know it's not from you you know you're not capable of coming out with this idea and then you follow through and you see God just just move mightily and then you learn that he's also a counselor and then all of these aspects of God that you begin to discover through a journey with God in life A story comes from my mind the disciples come to Jesus and said Jesus this man that was he blind or crippled from birth he said who's who's who have sinned remind me pastor was he blind blind okay he said um disciples asked you know see disciples already been trained in deliverance and they know behind you know different sicknesses and things like that there could be an open door and this and that you know they're already being proficient and things like that so they're probably being trying to kind of come to Jesus so Jesus who sinned here where is the open door you know how did the demon attack them now you know and Jesus gives, gives this baffling answer to them and sometimes I, I don't know I'm not sure if I understand it he says this was done so that the glory of God would be revealed whatever you're going through today it could be lack it could be poverty it could be 
things are not working out in your family, in your marriage, divorce, this or that, whatever it is, it's an opportunity for God to reveal Himself to you in a new way. If you come to Him, if you surrender yourself to Him, you say, Lord, I don't understand what's happening to me. But could you use the situation to reveal yourself to me in a new way? Because oftentimes what happens when we get into a hard situation, oh Lord Jesus please deliver me, please help me, please give me money, please give me the job, please give me this and that. We're, we're asking for, an, for a physical answer and He wants to answer that. He's our Father. But He wants to do more than just give you a physical answer. He wants to use that as an opportunity to reveal His character to you. Taste and see that I'm good. It means trying things like, you know, when you go to Costco, how many have been to Costco? You know, Costco has these uh, tasting things, right? You know, and you just keep making circles, keep, oh, this is good. I think I'm going to buy it. <clears throat> you know, I'm not quite sure. Let me try it again, you know. Uh, and so, and then you ended up walking out with a winter to buy one thing and walked out with like 10, 15 different things and you just spent your entire paycheck for the month. Uh, and so, but he has these things that you can taste before you commit to it, before you buy into it, right? And God says, listen, I'm not afraid of your doubt. Come to me. I will show you, I will show the side of me that you will be so shocked that you will love it so much that you will have no other alternative but to commit to me. It is the goodness of the Lord that leads man to repentance. Whatever you're going through, Lord wants to reveal His goodness, His character, who He is in your life. Don't just go through life, learn through life. Don't just go through life, grow in the knowledge of God through life. Yes, there are things and we're going to deal with some of the things later on uh, in, in the weekend about open doors and we're going to pray for freedom, we're going to pray for healing, uh, we're going to deal with some strongholds in the mind and all of this stuff. Yes, there's these principles of God that God has set but even those principles they reveal the character of God and if and if in all that we do we seek to know him that's what apostle paul said to know christ i disregard everything this was his only pursuit in life to know god if in everything that we do through scripture, in nature, in prayer, in worship, even in our daily walk with God, we would have this deep desire in our heart, Lord, I want to know you. You will never grow bored with God. You'll be on, on constant, I don't want to say roller coaster, right? But sometimes it does look like that. You know, you have to have downs before you have ups, right? Before you get to mountaintops, mountain tops, you have to go through the valleys. But is this? It's, it's, it becomes this. Um, I I hate roller coasters. My wife loves it. And so we went to this one roller coaster one time, and she I don't know how put a spell on me to get on the roller coaster with her. 
and uh, it's the tallest wooden roller coaster in the world, uh, Silverwood. So it's not as tall as some of the, it's the tallest wooden one. And so, but that's tall for me, okay? And so, and um, I was holding on to my dear life. The pictures were hilarious. Um, and she's just laughing her head off and then just having fun. And so I thought I was going to have a heart attack on that thing. I'm like, how people enjoy it? Like, do people just enjoy giving themselves heart attacks or what? I, 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 I don't know. But, you know, first few uh, go-rounds were like, I thought I was going to pass out. And then you kind of like take a breather. You're like, okay, okay. And then you go second time around. And you're like, okay. And then on the third, fourth time, you're like, all right. And it's not like comfortable, but... I got this, right? That's how it is with God when you get to know Him. With each up and down, you, just, you learn to trust Him more and more. And it's not that it gets easier. Life is progressive and it tends to actually kind of progress in a difficult direction. But it's just you grow in more trust in God. This situation yesterday would have thrown you into frenzy. Today you're like, yeah, I've been... I've been through things and Lord delivered me. Yeah, it's not good. It's not comfortable, but I know God is faithful. I know He is faithful. You know, Job going through this crazy thing and at the end of it all, he has audacity to say, I know my Redeemer lives. You know what he is saying? I know God can redeem my situation even from this. That's what Redeemer means. Restore my situation. Like he was so confident in God and his character. I don't know where he got this confidence. He didn't have the scriptures. I don't know if he had the Holy Spirit. I don't know where he discovered God in the way he discovered. But this confidence in God, even in the lowest situation, I put myself in his shoes. It's one thing to lose possessions that you worked all your life. It's one thing to lose houses and this and that. But he loses his children. They die. And in that moment, he says, my Redeemer lives. That's a, some serious confidence in the knowledge of, 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 of God. Serious knowledge of God. Serious confidence in God. I don't know where he got it. How that got imparted into his spirit. But somehow, Job knew that God is a Redeemer. And sure enough, he redeemed him. He redeemed him. Other people in his situation would have been cursing God. And so, make your life pursuit. Make your life pursuit to, to, um, to know God. To know God. I'm almost finished and uh, I just kind of want to give you just a few things. Um, something to plunder on. Is prayer does not always equal intimacy with God and prayer does not always lead to the knowledge of God and so I want to challenge you that you don't settle for prayer time I want to challenge you that you settle for knowing God more sometimes it would be five minutes of prayer sometimes it would be no prayer at all I'm a big advocate for prayer pray 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 Bible says pray without ceasing but prayer does not equal to intimacy with God 
and prayer does not equal to knowing God. Now, in prayer, you can know God. But if that's not your pursuit and that's not your intent, you will not know God. Now, there are things that there's different types of prayer. There's a prayer of intercession. There's prayer of warfare. There's prayer of supplication. There's prayer of thanksgiving. There's various types of prayer. And we got to do them. You know, that's, that's, but if you leave prayer without taking time to focus on Him, meditate on Him, asking Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to you in a greater measure, greater way, then you can get the things you prayed for but miss God. You can get the things you prayed for but completely miss God. My desire, my call for you that you get God. Everything else will follow along. Everything else will come. He, you get Him, you, you get Jesus, you get the gift giver. You get the Holy Spirit, you get the gift giver. Everything that He has in, in Him. You get God the Father, you get everything that, contain, that He contains within. Miracles will be easy. Healings will be easy. Deliverances will be easy. To see God provide would be easy because you know who He is. You're not worried. You're confident in Him. Now, you might be uneasy in a situation. But you know you know he comes through and he will come through and so there's many things that I want to share but because of time I think that I hope that you caught the idea and the message and that your heart begins to burn for Jesus to know him that that you're not satisfied just coming to church once a week or two times a week or three times a week I don't know how many times you come do you not satisfied just being a volunteer and serving and being a faithful servant that's good keep doing it that you're not just satisfied with with your Bible reading and do a check mark and say I'm a good Christian and kind of settle for that you do you not just satisfied with with mundane with the regular with the usual because God has something new for you every time. Yeah. Close your eyes. Put your hand on your heart. And I want you to begin to pray just to yourself between you and the Lord. Some of you, you've left your first love. You used to be in love with the Lord. He used to excite you. He used to, he used to be your everything. And you kind of, in the midst of all things, kind of lost that fire, lost that love. Ask the Lord to bring you back to the place. Ask the Lord to bring you back to the place. Some of you just settled for the mundane, for the regular, for the usual. Um, but you have not made your life's goal to know Him, to know Him, to pursue a knowledge of Jesus. When you read a scripture, oftentimes you're not even looking for Him in the scripture. You're looking for principles and for things to help you get ahead in life and there are those things. But it's not the purpose. He is the purpose. He is the one we're going to spend eternity with. 
we are his bridegroom he we are his bride he's our bridegroom intimate relationship to know him to know the mind of Christ to be led by his spirit Holy Spirit we pray that you reveal Christ to us that's what the Father sent you here so that you will help us to reveal Jesus to us in his beauty in his majesty in his glory that we will know his attributes and character that we will know his heart that we will have his heart so that we can walk on this earth as he did we can do what he did we can represent you properly because we actually know you deal with the hearts today Holy Spirit we surrender to you oh Holy Spirit have more of me oh Holy Spirit have more of me I want more of you Holy Spirit remind us the bring the scripture to remembrance to us the things that we read make them alive paint a proper image in our mind in our imagination of who Jesus is quicken our hearts to pursue him remind us to sometimes put things aside and just to spend time or refocus our mind on him remind us to center our attention in our decision making on him and having been involved in our life that we may discover his goodness his glory that we may taste and see his ways and his goodness in our life so that we can progress in our knowledge with you that we don't just stay spiritual babies for the rest of our lives we have more knowledge about you but intimately we're very very shallow we get tossed by the waves of this world, by the waves of doubts, back and forth. We're not anchored in you because we don't know you. I pray that we know you more. I pray that we commit to follow you and to search you out in the scriptures, in the nature, in the things that we go through that that would be our life pursuit in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Jesus when I was praying before the service I uh, the Lord showed me a person who who um, has has ulcers in their stomach or something like that is an issue in the stomach that I want to I want to pray for you I want to pray that God I want to pray that God will touch you and heal you so if that's you you can come up I'll pray for you either now or later up to you but uh, like there's an issue in the stomach and then the Lord showed me where it started I want to pray for you that the Lord will touch you and that you don't have to carry that anymore the Lord's gonna heal you today okay we're gonna minister some more in the following days we're going to be praying for freedom and other things and, and and then on the last night we're going to be praying specifically for healing uh, and uh, we're going to see the Lord heal people in this place okay 
Um, and um, last but not least, if you're here in this place and you don't know Jesus, you've never committed your life to Him, or maybe you have done that in the past, but you kind of wandered off, did your own thing, and you have not returned back to Him. I want to give you an opportunity today to give your life to Jesus. This life is short. This life is unpredictable. And if you live to the fullness of your life, it's still way too short compared to eternity. This life is not guaranteed to anyone. This life is not guaranteed to anyone. And it's not guaranteed to you. And, and, and the best thing you can do is give your life to Jesus and get in this pursuit of knowing Him for the rest of your life. You will never be disappointed. He said, come and taste me. I will show you that I'm trustworthy. That I'll show you that I'm good. If you truly taste me, you will have, you will not have a hard time saying no to the world. I'm going to be way better than the world, way any, better than anything you have tasted and anything you've experienced. So if that's you today, lift your hand and I will pray for you. Pastors will pray for you here. Don't be ashamed. Lift your hand and we'll pray for you. If there's nobody here, we're just going to continue with worship. And uh, I want us to just stay in the attitude of prayer. Let Holy Spirit do a deeper work in you today. Uh, we're laying a foundation for what's to come for the next couple of days. And, and not just for the couple of days, but for your life. Pursuing Jesus with all our hearts in Jesus' name. As the worship team is preparing... reminded of one of the Stoics, his name was Aristotle. A student came to him and said to the great Aristotle, would you teach me to learn? So Aristotle said to the student, said, come here. And he took the student to the river and he said, get close to the water. He said, no, get close to the water, bend down. And the student got low to the river and Aristotle took the man's head and pushed it under the water. The man began to fight against him and he held him there. Held him there. Held him there. 10 seconds. 15 seconds. 20 seconds. And then finally when the man was about to just pass out, pulled him up out of the river. The man said, what are you doing? He's trying to kill me. And he said, when you want to learn as much as you wanted air, then I will teach you. I think God is waiting for the people that claim to be his, that we say, I want you more than I want to breathe. I want you more than I want this world. I want you more than I want riches, more than I want likes and subscribers. I just want you. You don't have to give me anything because we have made the mistake in the church of wanting the kingdom more than the king. And it's time we repent of that. We want, as Pastor said, we want the gift more than the giver. I get upset at my children on Christmas Day when they run to the presents, tear them open, and don't look at the people who bought it, stayed up all night to make that dumb bicycle without the instructions. So yes, there's extra parts. Those are bonus. And we don't, we don't want God. 
says this. They took the disciples, Peter, and they threw him into prison. But it says something powerful. It says, they took notice that they had been with Jesus. Does anybody know if we spend time with Jesus? I'm convicted, church. I'm convicted. So I'm going to invite you to stand right now. And I know this is a revival. And poor Pastor Ilya felt like he had a rush. He could take all the time he wants. If you need to leave, you could leave. So tomorrow night, if you got to go somewhere, you go somewhere. He's just going to preach. If it's me and him, I'll be taking notes. I need it. So we are going to open up a time of invitation. And I'm going to invite you to either kneel and pray in your seat or you step forward to the altar. And if you want to be prayed for, Pastor Ily and I will be here. We will pray over you and pray for you. But if you're wanting a greater touch of God, here's the deal. There's as much of God as you want. Buffets are not in vogue anymore. But God is an open meal saying, come. Whosoever will may come. And the bride is like, no, I'm full. I'm full. I've been watching all kinds of bad things. I've been hanging around with a bad crowd. I got all, I'm full. You're full of sin. And now it's like, God, I'm going to come and repent of that. And let's make some time to say, God, this is a revival. I need to hear from you. You're the most important thing. And this is the most important, this is decision time. This is the time where we say, okay, God, all right. Yeah. I want to know you. I want to know you. So as the worship team plays, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And worship team's going to lead us in a song. And as they lead us in a song, I'm going to invite you to either slip out and you could come right here in the aisle or you can kneel there at your seat. But it's time you say, God, I'm hungry for you. And I'm not going to wait till later when the distractions, when I want to watch some Netflix or when I want to check social media or scroll. I'm going to right now, I'm going to get some of you. And right now, God, I want to find you. I want to seek you and pour your heart out to God and say, God, I want some of you right now. So worship team, would you lead us as we come and pray? You slip out of your seats. Thank you so much for listening to today's message.